Thank you, awesome. Chris. So good to hear a church speaking in tongues. Um, yeah, you grab his microphone. Yeah. Um, yeah, so good, uh, so good to hear a church speaking in tongues. If you do not speak in tongues, it is a gift that you have been given. It's a gift. Uh, if I am, uh, I, I do not know what to do with something, I go for a walk and I speak in tongues and it's a heavenly language and, and it's amazing how my mind will start to find solutions to problems. Um, so, uh, you know, and the, you know, so, look, if, if you're someone that, you know, you haven't spoken of tongues and you've got a bit of a bee in your bonnet about it when people speak in tongues, uh, can I just encourage you just to soften your heart? And just go to someone and say, "Hey, let's let's see a breakthrough here." Someone that you know, um, a hard heart is, is not cool. But you know, I understand disappointment. I absolutely understand disappointment. I'm not I'm not dissing that. Um, but um, I think one of the things that with with performance, with performance style church, and there's been a lot of pressure um, over the last three decades for performance style church. Uh, is that those things that you don't see every day on the street, some of those have been really challenged. And a part of that um, has, I think, been spoken in tongues because it doesn't make sense to the world. But we're not, we're not actually supposed to make sense to the world. We're supposed to transform it and change it. Uh, and so I, uh, they were so cool. Uh, I just want to I just want to commend you there on, as a church, starting to speak in tongues and not being afraid to do it. Some people are like, well, what if a non-believer comes in? Well, they're going to go, well, that's got me intrigued. <laughs> you know, we don't need to water down the gospel. Actually, the gospel is supposed to be counterculture. Um, uh, yeah, uh, so we had a... Yeah, I was just speaking to a pastor the other day and at a big, big... Um, uh, church conference that has just happened in the country it was in Auckland, um, and one of the guys got up and did a whole session on speaking in tongues. Awesome. It was uh, it was so cool. So yeah, you looked like you were going to say something. Yeah, I was just going to say if you don't want to speak in tongues but want to, trust God with the journey mm. and ask Him for it because He wants you to have it more than you want it for Absolutely. yourself. Absolutely. And I know for me, um, when I was younger and I first I got filled with the Holy Spirit, but I didn't speak in tongues. Um, and I think I just didn't actually realize that I needed to actually use my, my voice. I think I was waiting for God to magically make, make tongues come out. Yeah, yeah. And actually, um, yeah, so actually the person who prayed for me just gave me some of their words and said, go home and say these. And so I did that for about three months. Every, I don't know if it was every day, but regularly I'd just say these words. And then suddenly one day this river of words came out. Wow. So it just unleashed wow. it. So, you know, we don't have to get... Um, get a gift the same way as someone else yeah. got it, and just to, you know, just know God's got it there for you, and trust Him with it. If you want to speak in tongues and you don't like speak in tongues, um, and and you maybe you know this has been a long journey for you, um, then I'll stay with you tonight, and we'll we'll yeah. we'll get you speaking in tongues. Um, <laughs> seriously, I I don't know, I, I don't care. I'll, I'll stay here forever long it takes. Seriously, I just think there's something so powerful, and God wants us to have the gift. Um, and so, if you're if you're willing to kind of get over that again, then then I, then we're here. Yeah. We'll do it. We'll do it. I'm in for an all-nighter. So I haven't <laughs> done one of those for a while. That's <laughs> no, good. Um, awesome. So this morning we really set the case in terms of our identity, uh, and you know filled the script, filled the board up there. Was that impacting for anybody? 
Yeah, cool. Awesome. I saw a few cameras uh, jumping out and taking photos and, and things like that. So that was um, that was really good. Just a bit of feedback um, from you because we're going to make sure this is interactive. I know you're kind of sitting in the in the in the rows, but don't worry. We'll, we'll let's interact. So let's break the ice and, and get over that straight away. Something that jumped out to somebody to this morning. Something like there was a revelation or something that you went, "Hang on, I want to think about that some more." Yeah. Awesome. Great. Great. Great testimony. God, may this week be one of the best weeks for this man of God. Absolutely. Anybody else? Anything that jumped out this morning? You're like, wow, that was cool. That was awesome. Yes. He needs your gifts. He needs your talents. He needs what you carry on the planet for this moment in time. How cool is that? How cool is that? You that 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 I think's the real crafting. You know, I think we can get trapped into into thinking of the external crafting. And hey, you know, we look around this room, and uh, as I keep telling you, you're the best looking church in the whole of New Zealand. Uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> but actually the true beauty the true crafting is what he has placed with in us in terms of gifts talents and abilities and the way that they are um, exhibited so yeah cool awesome great fantastic okay well as i said this morning identity is the platform if we if we get that, if we and, and and I encourage people to really work on getting that. Um, because like I said this morning, as as I have grown more and more comfortable with my identity, the impact that it has on other people's lives has escalated, and that motivates me. 
um, as well as the benefit that I um, have <laughs> received out of actually being able to look at myself in the mirror and go, wow, God, good job, good job. Um, yeah, so cool. And again, be prepared to go on a journey with this, that things will come along that try and say stuff that is against what God says about you. So, but, but now that you know this stuff, you can push back on that and go, no, 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 just because I'm mucked up here, I'm actually still okay. You know, I'm God's masterpiece. And, um, yeah, just go on that journey and stay close to God with it. Yeah. So uh, in the second service this morning, I didn't get time to bring out the aspect of uh, from what I can see in the Bible and having studied it and having spoken to other uh, pastors, leaders, theologians, um, is that up to the point of salvation, I believe that the uh, Holy Spirit is convicting us of our sin. So our need for a Savior, that's such an important place for all of us to come. We cannot do it on our own. Uh, we need a Savior. But then at that point of translation, from what I can see in the Scriptures, something uh, changes to where the Holy Spirit then convicts us of our righteousness. You know, we are the righteousness of Christ. When he looks at me right now, he sees the finished work of Jesus. When he looks at you, uh, if you've given your life to Jesus, he sees the finished work of Jesus. We are, the, we are in right standing with God. Um, and so, uh, and, and that allows us then to be, you know, seated in heavenly places in a place of victory. If you are in a battle, the spot you want in any battle is the higher ground. It, it's what I love about being a pilot. Uh, I love getting up and the whole world makes sense to me. I can see how that mountain and that valley, I used to love getting up into the mountains where there was my playground uh, and then seeing it from the air and I was like, oh wow, so that valley there connects in with that valley there and that's a two and a half hour drive but it's just actually just like there. Uh, and seeing you know, how that all, all, all figures out, it, it, it frustrates me a little bit in Northland at the moment because I've, I've only been up uh, in an aircraft a few times uh, since I got there, uh, and I'm like, I, st I still want to just get that bird's eye perspective uh, so I can work out, you know, where Waipu fits in with Ruakaka, and yeah. So, um, but that's the place that we have been positioned. We've been placed in a, in a high position in order that we can rain down on the things that want to bring us down. You see, because the enemy has been defeated, and he is in a low position. Um, and so, uh, as, I, as I was sharing in the first service, there was a situation, I distinctly remember it in this building, uh, uh, my office used to be back there uh, beside the sound desk, um, and, uh, you know, as we all do, we have a wrestle with sin that is familiar, um, and so over my younger years, I had fought against some stuff, and I had seen victory, but it was a lot of works from me rather than actually understanding the grace of God that I have, actually I can draw upon His power that has already set me free uh, from this. Um, and, uh, and when I had a revelation of the gift of righteousness and the abundance of grace, not on my own ability, but it's simply because God wants me positioned in, a, in a, an authoritative place. 
and something ensnared me in a moment that hadn't bothered me for many years, and I just found myself dropping down and going, how did this happen? How, how have I... And I stopped, and I thought, man, I've worked so hard. And then the Holy Spirit reminded me, Chris, you're seated in heavenly places. And so I looked to him, and I, I just went, God, not on my ability, but your ability. And I felt, I felt lift, stuff lift off me. And, and I, because I was coming from the perspective of where I am now situated. He's like, Chris, that is beneath you. You needed to do that to cover a hurt in your former life. But I, I have taken care of that now and placed you back up here. Get back up here. And so it was instead of me looking at the Father of going, God, I have fallen, it was actually a more of a picture of the Holy Spirit with his hand there saying, Chris, this is where you belong. You get the difference? Yeah, so it's, um, oh, it's, it's such a cool thing. So look, if you've got an area where you do wrestle with and you struggle with, it's just allow the Holy Spirit to remind you that you are in right standing with God. Yes, you may be wrestling with something, but you're in right standing with God. He's done the hard yards, and he wants you right there beside him. Uh, We go down to sin. But actually, now we are seated in heavenly places. Cool. So what we're going to box on with tonight, we're going to look at authority, and then how to exercise um, our authority, um, but uh, I want to bring up uh, the word saved, and um, you know, just in terms of the English language, and and, and just forget you're, forget you're a Christian for a moment, okay, you just forget you're a Christian for a moment, um, and, uh, and all the Christianese that goes with this word, um, and I want you just to give me your thoughts, give me your perspective, what, what generally do you think the world would hear? Or think when they hear the word saved. Okay. You're speaking to your everyday friends uh, who are not necessary believers. The word saved come up. What might come to mind? From what? Yep. From what? Yep. Cool. Saved from what? Yep. Yep. Describe the word saved to me. Rescued. Yeah. Cool. Yep, so when you hear the word saved, you may go, yep, he was, um, he was saved by the, uh, by the rescue helicopter who came in and plucked him out, and yep, yeah, cool, yep. Kept? Yeah, so protected from something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, nice, yep, awesome, yep, cool, yep. What else might come to, come to mind? Again, saved, yeah. <laughs> so kept, kept again, yeah, 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 awesome. Um, when a goalie, you know, a goalie might save a goal, i.e., they would protect the goal being being scored, yeah, yeah. So you know, in the language, English language, when we hear certain words, straight away there's a myriad of things that will come to mind. Well, with the Greek language, that's similar. Uh, And so there's a word that we use in Christian circles a lot, and that is the word saved, which many of you will know is actually the Greek word sozo. 
So often when we read we are saved by grace, uh, then there is, there's actually, the, that is actually the Greek word sozo. Um, and so that has, in Greek, and remember, the best way to understand the Bible is to think of it in the time and the context in which it was written. What was the writer wanting the people of those day of that day to get? So what did they hear when they heard the word saved or the word sozo? What came to uh, their mind? And, uh, and so if we pop up on screen there, oh, you've got it. Was that, has that been up there the whole time? Yeah. No, oh, that's good. <laughs> if we look into uh, Strong's numbers, number 4982, for those of you who, uh, who collect the Strong's numbers, um, and the Greek word sozo means to save, deliver, protect, heal, preserve, do well, and be made whole. So interestingly, a number of those things came out there when you heard it in the English uh, language there. So uh, again, this morning I was sharing that I think often we think in terms of the word saved as being a ticket to heaven. I have been saved from my sin, I've been saved, and I'm going to spend eternity with Christ. Whereas actually, when we understand the word sozo and we read those scriptures, there is a whole lot more that is available to us now. That positions us for now, not futuristic. Yeah, like, I mean, I can't wait for the new heaven and earth. Believe me, over the last two years, I've got more and more and more excited about it. <laughs> Seriously, I have. Um, so I can't wait for that, but at this time and this point, I want this earth to be as awesome as it can be. Uh, and I believe that God is looking to you and I to expand that awesomeness. Um, so yeah, so I want to see uh, people delivered. I want to see people protected. Totally, man. I totally want to see people protected, especially from uh, sickness. Um, at this time. Uh, and I want to see people that are sick healed. Um, and I want to see our, soci our society preserved. Oh my goodness, do I want to see that at this time. Um, and I want to see people do well. I want to be able to cheer on and say, yes, go, you go, you go. Um, and I want people to be made whole because we are mind, body, spirit. Um, and as we know, you know, there are so many challenges for people uh, with mental health um, uh, these days. Uh, I think probably all of us, <laughs> to some degree, um, have had a wrestle there with our, with our thinking. Um, and so, uh, but, and that's the, that's the business we're about. So I'm going to pop up there four scriptures, uh, four scripture references. Um, and these all have the word saved. And this is your opportunity, this is your moment. For those of you that have got pen and paper, or even if you've got a device, pull out notepad. Um, and I want you to look at, just choose one of those scriptures. And I want you to take a moment, and I want you to expand on the word saved. Now, I'm really interested, I, I, I'm not looking for you to go, we are saved by grace, i.e. we are Saved, delivered, protected, healed, preserved, do well, made whole by grace. Okay? What I want you to do is just spend a moment with the Holy Spirit as you read that scripture. What aspect of sozo comes out to you? What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you at this time? And so you may go, I am protected by grace. Well, then just write that down. 
Um, or for you, yeah, I, I won't see anything more. Is that clear? Anyone got any questions on that? I think that's the clearest I've ever made it. I'm feeling good about that. Um, and then I will just invite a couple of people that just want to um, to share what they what they wrote down. Um, I won't ask everyone to do it, but yeah. So just take a moment. I'll stop speaking. I'll just give you 15 more seconds. Awesome. Okay, so we'll go through each of these scriptures. I'll just invite someone. Firstly, just read the scripture um, and then read uh, what it was that you wrote down. Uh, yourself. So Luke 19 verse 10, Who, who's happy to just share on that one? Roger, i got Roger, I'll come over and see you, Roger. Today salvation has come to the house, since he also is the son of Abraham, a son of Abraham, for the son of man came to seek and to save. That's talking about salvation. Cool, awesome, and so for you, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the the lost. Lost, yeah, yep. definitely, yeah. Yep. And for you, what with that aspect of lost? What? Oh, sorry, that aspect of saved. What jumped out to you? For the deliverance, the deliverance aspect. Oh yes, salvation. The coming coming into the into the kingship. Yep. Jesus Christ yep. coming into the big 
I forgot, that's what spoke to me this morning was the kingship. I forgot all about that and had written away <laughs> from that. This morning I was going to say to you, king as a king to a king. Yeah, wow. Well done. Wow, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. As a king to a king. There's once a king of Narnia, always a king of Narnia. That's, uh, that's so good. Awesome. Thank you, Roger. Uh, John 3, verse 17. Someone happy to? Yes. Awesome. Cool. I thought, you'd, I th- I thought you were going to play along. I thought, yeah, you should. Yeah. No one else put their hands up. <laughs> um, so it says, for, the, for God did not send his son to the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Um, I just kind of like, I was like, you know what, that's just how, you know, God helped us have relationship with him. Like, um, without Jesus, we wouldn't understand our wrongs, so we wouldn't be able to, like, right our wrongs, and, like, he wouldn't be able to, like, help us understand that we're forgiven, and then we can continue having relationship with God instead of being like, oh, I did something wrong. Guess I'm done now. Yeah, wow. Okay, so you're, you're really hitting that aspect of being made whole. You know, the, the Son of God came and, you know, it was to make us whole. Uh, just read that scripture again for us. Um, okay, hold on, let me find it. <laughs> um, it says, for God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him made whole through him wow awesome um there's a real gift on on your life i just want to encourage you there's a real gift on your life yeah yeah you're gonna do stuff (laughs) second timothy chapter one verse nine who wants to share that with us yes who has saved us and called us with a holy calling not according to our works but according to his own purpose and grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began so it's speaking to me about um, being made whole complete and and being delivered so that the two together and to do then to do what he wants us to do not what we want to do yes awesome yeah, whole delivered in order that. Yeah, cool. It's so much more than a ticket out of he- ticket to heaven, isn't it? So much more. Awesome. Uh, Ephesians two verse eight. Awesome. Cool. Good. This one. Okay. So Ephesians two verse eight is by grace you have been saved. Uh, hang on here. Through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift from God. So that's awesome, there's so much in there. So um, by, for it is by grace you have been saved, first of all. Again, nothing of our own works, but God's gift to us. And I love that through faith, um, because faith, of course, we don't always see things on the outside show up, but faith is that inner belief, that inner trusting, that inner standing. And God, and so yeah, those two things. Yeah, awesome, cool, 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 cool. This the scripture is a treasure field. It is a treasure field. I mean, uh, it still it blows me away. You know how I can look at a scripture that I have known for so many years, 
And then all of a sudden, a fresh revelation comes with it because it's a book that's designed to be read in relationship. Um, and then I love it when you go on a journey and you discover something fresh and new and you think in terms of the word sozo. And I'm just like, wow, man, we've got so much more to offer to the world than just a ticket to heaven. Yeah, cool. Awesome. So, again, I just want to, we, we like to set that platform, uh, again, just to challenge people's thinking of actually we're here for such a time as this to do business, to do kingdom business. That is that is why Jesus has positioned us where he has positioned us, uh, because we get to take the stuff to a hurting and a broken world. Um, yeah, cool. Awesome. Great. Okay, um, uh, we won't put this next slide up yet, Liam, Um, but again, getting you working. (laughs) Authority, when the word authority comes to mind, what what springs out to you? Someone's in charge? Yep, yep. Your principal? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, a position, a position, isn't it, essentially? What you're, you're saying? Power over? Okay, yep, yep. What else? Authority. Yeah, 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 someone that, you know, you have someone that speaks with authority, you know? Might not be right, but they speak with authority. <laughs> yeah. yeah, control, yeah. Are you talking about an empowering kind of control? Yep, yep, yep. There's definitely control that can, yeah, that comes with authority. Yep, yeah. Yeah, and trust, and that's a good one. I think we can relate to that one, can't we? Because we can, you know, think about our, our police force. Um, and our police force, they have authority. Is it their own? No, it's been entrusted to them by the Commonwealth. Uh, that is the authority that they operate in. Yeah, cool. You guys have done well. Um, let's just pop up a, bi- a biblical dictionary definition of authority. So we're, we're, we're real clear on it. And you know, pretty much you guys hit most of those things. The power or right to give orders, to make decisions, and to enforce obedience. And so we're going to talk very much through this session of the authority that we have over our or the adversary, uh, over the devil, and we're going to right-size the devil. We're going to put him uh, in his place, because I think a lot of people have a devil in their mind that is a whole lot bigger than actually the devil that exists. Um, And so, yeah, it's good that we come to that place of going, okay, the power and the right that we have to give orders to the uh, enemy to make decisions for the kingdom and to enforce obedience. Um, Cool. So, Four questions that I have for you, and I'll give you some scriptures that you can have a look at. If you can pop those up. Whose is the earth? So uh, somebody want to find Psalm 24, verse 1? Just put your hand up if you're happy to find Psalm 24, verse 1. Awesome. Thank you very much. Genesis 1, verse 28. Somebody want to find that for us? Yes. Awesome. Cool. Um, And I will do Romans 8, 19 uh, through to through to 21. So our first question is, whose is the earth? And, uh, and we are about to definitively answer this question. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Okay, anybody got any questions over whose is the earth? Okay, I, I love that scripture. It just puts it, thank you, you read it so well. Uh, the earth is God's. I've heard some 
crazy theology at times about the earth being the enemies. No, the earth is God. He created it. He owns it. Earth is his. Um, what is our authority? Genesis 1 verse 28. Who was doing that one for us? Sorry. Oh, yes, over the back there. Yeah, cool. Awesome. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and have domination over the fish in the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Did you get that? Our authority is to reign over the earth, to subdue it, to bring it into the king's domain. Genesis 1.28, right there at the very beginning, God has never rescinded that. You'll not find him pulling that back. He is still looking for you and I to rule and to reign and to subdue it and to bring it under his dominion. Uh, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty cool thing that we have been. And as the, as the ones who are given the guardianship of the earth at this time, that's, that's what we're about. And so what is the earth looking for? What is creation waiting for? Well, Romans 8 verses 19 through to 21 tells us, for the creation waits in, not just eager, not sorry, not just expectation, but eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into or brought into the freedom and the glory of the children of God. Okay, uh, we had an interesting discussion. Um, with, uh, we just did this with the young adults up in Whangarei, um, and some of them really started to question me on uh, the, uh, the green movement and how this uh, should interact with our uh, Christian walk and our Christian faith. And I said, well, what does the Bible teach us there that actually earth is looking for us to rule and to reign with it, with the wisdom of God? So we should be absolutely committed to looking after something that our dad has created and doing it out of truth <laughs> not getting caught up in lies and, and solving problems that don't exist, but actually uh, that is a part for every single part of us. And our businesses that we run, we look to be sustainable. We look to look after our father's deal, business, home, uh, not home, but um, house, property, property, thank you, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Yeah, we want to do it. But actually, the earth is looking for so much more, so much more, because when we reign with Christ's intent, we don't want to pollute our rivers because we want them to be beautiful. Yeah, I loved it. Um, I think it's a transformation series, probably going about back 20 years, where rivers that were polluted as God's Spirit moved and people grabbed a hold of their identity and their authority and who their dad was, the, the planet itself, the rivers, started recovering. I mean, how cool is that? That's awesome. So, uh, so when we talk about um, authority, um, whose is the earth? What is our authority? Well, actually, ours is to rule and to reign and to do it well with wisdom that comes from heaven. 
uh, and to bring it under the, the submission of the kingdom of heaven. Cool. Yeah. I guess part of that too is what does the earth look like when there's not chaos but there's order, when the seasons are doing what they're supposed to be doing, you know, when the sun is doing what it's supposed to be doing, the rain's doing all that stuff, you know, what, so what, what's our part in that? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Um, we know that the enemy wants to destroy. There's all his interest. He's interested in destroying people, and he's interested in destroying the planet. Uh, that's his business, but actually our business is about bringing the kingdom, and when the kingdom comes, everyone benefits. Yeah, yeah cool. Okay, we're going to have a look at uh, another four scriptures. Again, I'm going to get you to play along with me here. Um, so that I'm not doing all the work and, uh, and you guys fall asleep because um, uh, we've got a bit of time together tonight. Um, so 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. Is someone able just to read that out uh, for us? Because we're looking at now what is, what is our authority. 1 John 4, verse 4. Someone just lift their hand when they've found it and I'll come, come your way. Thanks, Anne. Awesome. Uh, little children, you are of God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Awesome. So who have we overcome? Them. <laughs> We've overcome the enemy. We've overcome the one that thinks that you know, the, the world is his, but actually the world is our dad's. And greater is the spirit that is within us. Uh, to put him in his place. Awesome. Uh, Mark 16, uh, verse 17 and 18. Someone happy to read that one out for us. Oh, I've got choices. <laughs> and these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands, and they will drink deadly poison, and it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hand on sick people, and they will be healed. Well, there's a pretty good piece of authority, isn't it? Uh, notice the bit about speaking new tongues there? That's cool, eh? That's new tongues. But yeah, we will, we will cast out the enemy. It doesn't say we might. It says you will. We will. Cool. Uh, Luke 10. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Excellent. I love that picture. Uh, again, I like to put myself in the Bible, in the picture of the, of the disciples coming back, and he's like, they're like, whoa, demons even submit to us. And, and Jesus, I love Jesus' response. He's just like, Oh, that's nothing. Guys, keep your, keep your eyes focused on heaven. That stuff's automatic, okay? But don't let that be the big focus because it'll catch you. But keep focused on heaven. I, I saw Satan fall. Um, and, uh, and then it goes on, you'll walk on, you trample on snakes and scorpions, crush them under your feet, nothing shall in any way do you harm. Luke 10, 19. <laughs> we'll do a duet, Debbie. You can, uh, you can, you can lead, I'll follow. <laughs> it's awesome. It's pretty definitive. Again, over how much of the enemy's power? Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, final one, Ephesians 6, verse 16. Yes.
In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all, everybody say all, <laughs> the flaming darts of the evil one. Thank you very much. <laughs> I have nothing more further to say, Your Honour. <laughs> well read. Thank you. Thank you to all those who read. Um, uh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, I think, you know, again, it, it's we're painted a really clear picture in the Bible that we are to take authority over all the enemy's power. That's our position. That's our authority. Uh, he is a, a, a defeated foe. Our God is omnipresent. The enemy can only ever be singularly present, and then he's got his minions that are, that are going around doing their things. But, I mean, when you think about it, omnipresent everywhere compared to singularly present, it's game over, isn't it? Uh, I sometimes describe it to people of, you know, the enemy is like, uh, it's like the All Blacks running out onto the field. You know, they've got 15, 15 All Blacks out there on the field, and then they've got a, a, a bench of 10, 10 guys sitting there ready to get out there and to back them up. Um, and then the little, league, the little League is who they're playing, and only one of the players turned up that day. Uh, that, that is actually, that I think that is a better representation of what the game is like. You know, the enemy has been defeated. He is absolutely defeated. He does not have a show. And the only authority he can get is the authority that he dupes us out of. We actually empower him more than he's actually got. Um, and I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't like being ripped off. Anybody like being ripped off here? I don't like being duped off. So, Ruth, do you want to just say something on this while I, while I pull up um, uh, something to read just on the enemy? In fact, actually, do you want to just read out that um, Colossians um, scripture? Ah, oh, blow, it's not written on here. Colossians 2, Colossians 3, Colossians 4, somewhere around there. Now, I'll find it for you. Pause. Pause for a moment. This is around 15, isn't it? Um, yeah. yeah, awesome. Cool. Do you want me to read yeah. that one? Yeah, yeah. Okay, this, so this is Colossians 2, verse 15. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. So... Again, let's put ourselves in the time that this was written. Um, and we become so familiar with the picture of the cross. But let's remember that that was a very real form of punishment that the Romans used. And that was a brutal and humiliating punishment. 
It, it actually happened. You know, there were people who actually really stood there and saw that take place. We, we have a very sanitized version of punishment or uh, justice today. And in fact, we'd be horrified if all of a sudden the New Zealand government said, actually, instead of a life imprisonment, we're going over to this. We'd be, we'd be horrified. But actually, again, for us to catch the context of what is being said here, we have to understand it, that it was in a time and a place where, where punishment was horrendously brutal. And we've got a picture here being painted of what Jesus actually, we think Jesus got nailed to the cross. Actually, Colossians here is painting a picture of what happened to the enemy at that moment. And so let me read out to you what the reader would have heard when they all understood when they read that passage of Colossians. The phrase translated triumphing over them literally refers to the triumphant procession that the Romans had. It was a custom of parading the spoils of war and the conquered foe in front of the people after coming home from a conquest. When they went out to fight an enemy, if they conquered, they'd return and have this glorious victory parade. If they didn't win, they wouldn't have the triumphant procession. The Roman citizens knew that if they didn't have this parade, the enemy was still at large and you could be terrorizing them and wasn't yet defeated, i.e. the battle was still going on. They'd still be anxious and worry about his return. Their side might have won a great battle, but if they hadn't completely conquered the opposing king or general and had this parade, then the Roman populace would live under a constant fear that he might once again marshal his forces and come against them. But when they conquered the enemy, the Romans would take this opposing general or king and parade him, dead or alive, to the people. If he was dead, they would show his severed... Okay, this is going to get brutal, okay? This is not PG, PG-10, okay? His severed head and lifeless body. However, they usually preferred to capture him alive. And they would totally strip him of all armor, all kingly garments, and jewelry that made him appear strong and important completely naked and humiliated, they'd tie him to a horse or a chariot. He'd either walk or be dragged through the streets. They'd also cut off both thumbs and big toes so that he'd never again be able to hold a sword or stand in battle. In this manner, the Romans paraded their conquered foes. This triumphant procession showed all the Roman citizens that their enemy had been vanquished. It totally diffused all fear that this guy might ever be able to mount another campaign against them. The parade displayed in such a way that the common people would mock him, beat him, and spit upon him. The purpose of the parade was to completely remove the fear of the Roman citizens. So let's read Colossians again. Sorry. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Does that give you a bigger picture of Colossians 2 verse 15? That is where the enemy is. 
That is where the enemy is. I love when we come to this point because for me, it reminds me again of where the enemy is at. Because I can tell you what, the enemy wants me to think that he still has power and he still has authority and he's still at large and I should be under fear. Can anybody relate? (laughs) At a time where the earth has seen the most unimaginable fear grip it. The enemy must just be going, ah, and I'm like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to fall for it. I'm not going to deny that there's something out there that is, that is serious, but I'm going to put it in its right place. It's still a work of the enemy and he's been defeated and the planet is looking for you and I to liberate it. Well, that's a, that's a pretty good place to be in. I, I feel hope right there. I feel hope. I feel hope. And so where the enemy would use the airwaves <laughs> or whatever it may be to try and hold me back down under fear, I'm like, nah, you've been defeated. Yeah. You've been defeated. We, we have an overcoming spirit within us. Yeah. And right now the planet is looking for you and I to rise up. As I said uh, in the first service this morning, and I'm, and I'm speaking directly to, um, to, to COVID at the moment, is that the best that mankind has thrown at it has still come up short. And I'm like, oh, it hasn't come up short in God's world. Okay, how can I grow stronger? How, how, what can I grab a hold of? What more truth can I get so that I can? Follow in the footsteps of my hero and lay hands on people and see them recover. Because the enemy's been defeated and death couldn't hold him down. And so I I find myself sitting in this uncomfortable place. And and I want to challenge you, this is, I'm speaking directly to healing right now. Is that from what I read in the Bible, I've been given authority over all the enemy's power. God is looking for us at this time to liberate the planet. Uh, I, I get frustrated when I pray for somebody and they don't get healed. And I will sit in that uncomfortable place. And I go, well, I'm going to go for the next person. Yeah. I'm going to go for the next person. And I'm not going to start to allow the enemy to come in and to whisper to me, oh, it's because you haven't got authority, you haven't got enough faith, you haven't got this, you haven't got that. You've got i got everything I need. Mm-hmm. i got the spirit who rose Christ from the dead. If there was ever a time in history when all of the enemy's forces were targeted, it was at that moment because you can bet your bottom dollar that the enemy knew if Jesus rose, it was game over. I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah, so living in that uncomfortable place and, and not listening to what he wants to whisper because he's been defeated. Yeah. And I love to think about this. I love to think on this and go, uh, yeah, you got no, you got no finger, thumbs, you got no toes. Okay, all you've got is a blabbery mouth. Um, and you're not getting any more of, you're not getting any authority out of me. Okay, yeah, cool. Is that helpful? I, I, I like this moment because I just like to see the devil in people's minds completely shrink. Because you can bet he wants us to have a big devil in mind. Because that's how he then has a, gets power and authority. He, he simply 
dupes us out of it. So he's, he's what, he's been, what he's been doing right from the very beginning, isn't he? Duping Adam and Eve. Yeah. So his, his, um, his game plan has, has, never, has never changed. Um, if there was someone that you could be like who has walked the face of the planet, who would it be? I love that answer. I love that answer. That's awesome. Jesus. Lynn, Jesus. She's just really got... She's just really got this whole co-ear with Christ going on here. eh? He's like, you know... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's like the little kid at um, uh, at um, Sunday school, eh? and uh, the teacher holds up uh, the picture of, uh, and it's a fish, and um, he, you know, they're like, okay, what is what is this? Um, and and no one will say anything um, because they don't, you know, don't want to get the answer wrong. And then this little girl at the front puts her hands up and she goes. I know the answer is always Jesus, but it really looks like a fish. Yeah, yeah. yeah Jesus, is, Jesus is the person I want to be like. He's my hero. No one will ever come close to it. I mean, uh, look, I mean, I, Lynn Fruit, she's awesome. Glenn and, Glenn and Debbie Fraser, they're awesome. I look around this room and they're, uh, they're incredible. Roger, Roger. Hey. You know, there's people that I admire and I look to, but there's one person I really, really, really want to be like, and that's Jesus. Um, And, you know, Jesus came to sort the sin problem out, but he did three years of ministry and brought awesome teaching because he wanted to show us what is actually possible when a man or a woman, mankind, is in right relationship with God. And then what did he do? He put us in right relationship with God. And he said, you guys will go out and do greater works than I have done because I'm sending my Holy Spirit to fill you. The same Spirit that rose me is coming to now fill you so that you can go out and do greater works. Wow. And look, when I read that, I think what it's getting at was that we will go because all of us then have the Holy Spirit. We then get, as we all go out, and emulate our hero, then a huge impact can happen on the globe. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, because I know it says several times in the Gospels, you know, that all who came to Jesus were healed. And then when you look in Acts, it says there that all who came to the disciples were healed as well. So it's like that, you know, that's what we can go for, that walking in love, we can see these things happen. Okay, so the earth is God's. He's looking for us to rule and to reign and to subdue it. The earth, all creation, is groaning looking for you and I to do it. We have been given authority over all the enemy's power. We will walk on snakes and scorpions, crush them under our feet, and nothing shall in any way do them harm. So we've been empowered. The authority has been given to us over the enemy as a police person walks with the authority that has been given to them through the Commonwealth 
So we work with the authority that has been given to us by Jesus to fill the commission. So how do we do that? <laughs> how, how do we go about exercising uh, this authority? Well, let's, let's start to get really practical. Um, and Ruth and I will just over the, this session and the next session, we'll start to just share some real practicalities of what we see works. Um, but I want to take you right back into Genesis chapter 1. Um, if you've got a Bible, if you've got, a, you've got one of these old-fashioned things that has paper, <laughs> very thin paper. Um, yeah, not like my naughty laptop. So <laughs> you notice how I've gone right back to, you know, analog. I've gone analog. I left the digital world behind. <laughs> um, someone uh, got to Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. Can somebody read to us, or just yell out, the first three words of that chapter? Very good. Thank you. And, uh, and then can someone read out uh, the first three words of... Verse 6. Okay. And uh, verse 9. Someone else. Different. <laughs> okay. It just seems like you're all reading the same one. Okay. Someone different this time. Verse 14. Okay. Let's do 20 together. And, uh, and how about we hit 24 together as well? God said. How were the heavens and the earth formed and fashioned? God spoke, and they became reality. And then just a little bit before where we were in verse 28, let's jump into 27. And so God created mankind in whose image? He created it in his image, a masterpiece. Woo! In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Game over for some of the stuff that's going on in the world at the moment. Let's just, you can just get back to the beginning and God's intent. We were created in the image of God. Wow. And then God blessed them and said, be fruitful, increase, go rule, subdue the earth. So my question to you now is, I'll sit down so I don't start preaching. This, this teaches my brain to not preach. My question to you now, if God's words were created, uh, were creative, they had a creative force about them, and we're created in his image, what does it stand to reason then that our words do? It's creative power in our, in our, in our words. Can anybody think of a scripture that points to the power of our words? Absolutely. Yes, there's life and death and the power of the tongue. Now, Glenn and I go a long way back. And, and I could get Glenn right now and I could just start to speak all manner of negative stuff over his life. And you would see it have an effect. Why? Because my words are powerful and because of our closeness of relationship. It's going to take him a while to just kind of get over some of those words. And so you should. Amen. 
But I can actually, I can start to declare and, and speak the truth over Glenn, that he is an incredible man of God. I mean, the heart that he has for this church is absolutely phenomenal. And the way he carries himself and the way he carries what's been entrusted to him is beautiful. It is beautiful. Uh, it, I mean, I speak to this, I speak to my friend often. And we, we, we sat, <laughs> sat this afternoon and we just talked church because that's his heart. That's his life. That's what he's given himself over to through the pile of rubbish that got thrown at him over this past 12 months. He just, he continued to stand up and go, no, I'm, I'm keeping going for my people. Yeah. Keeping going for my people. Yeah. Mate, you're a legend. You're an absolute legend. During COVID, I would watch your podcast and I, there was a couple of times I caught myself going, that's my mate. My mate, man, he's doing a good job. So yeah, there's power in our in our words, um, and I like to grab that scripture. There's power of life and death in the tongue because I think on both forms we can operate. So we can speak death into the enemy's camp, and we can speak life into God's camp. I mean, one of, the, one of the things I find myself often when I'm praying for people that are being held down by viruses is I speak destruction yeah. on that thing. Yeah. I, I, like to, I, I like to think, we're going to talk about imagination tomorrow night, but I like to picture that virus being absolutely yeah. broken down and shriveling and going back to the pit of hell where it belongs. Yeah. <laughs> That's the imagery. I like to fill myself up. And then I like to speak to that body. And declare the life of Christ, raising, victorious. Um, so there we go. There, there's just some practicalities in terms of praying. You know, when I uh, last year I found myself just going after some stuff over Northland. I mean, we had all manner of prophecy in the media about what was going to happen to Northland. I mean, you pretty much, if COVID came through the Auckland border, we were all dead. Just, but it was just being prophesied and prophesied that because of, uh, you know, where, where our vaccination rates were and all of this, that if it got through that border, it was game over for Northland. Mm. I'll tell you what, we're still there. <laughs> we're still there. But what I started to, to ask God for is a picture of what I could go after, mm. what I could speak destruction upon. And so I was declaring over our border. I was declaring a protection. We were declaring for a long time a COVID-free zone over uh, Northland. We were speaking death and destruction over that virus. We were speaking the good health over our region and over uh, our city. And, and I, I am completely convinced that we saw the power of God move. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I tell you what, you know, I, I would hate to see what would have happened in the globe in the last two years without believers. Yeah. Yeah, we may think, you know, something has happened, but I tell you what, we have, we have certainly done an act yeah. of preserving um, as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, another verse I use when praying for things is submit to God, 
resist the devil and he will flee from you. So submitting to God and his will. What is, the, what is God's will in this situation? Like if it's about sickness, we know God's will is healing. So you can be declaring over yourself, thank you, Father, that you've called me to thrive and be whole and healthy. So, And then speaking to that thing in your life. And it can be about finances, it can be for business, it can be over your children, all that kind of stuff. I remember I used to pray over the kids. Sometimes they'd be, you'd wake up and the day would start off with chaos. And I'd just go into the lounge or somewhere quiet and just say, no, this house is a house of peace. This house is a house of order. And it would shift just like that. So just, yeah, all those little practical things, but submitting to God and his will first. I find that gives you a picture of what you're praying into and what you're going to see, see happen. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we're really pushing into exercising and operating in our authority now. I hope we've built a case that we've got authority over all the enemy's power. Okay, we are to tell him how the game works, Uh, and which is game over. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Deb. Yeah, cool. And one of the primary ways I see is that we speak to things. We bind things on earth in order that they're bound in heaven or vice versa. And loose things and release things on earth as well. Awesome. Cool. Okay, so using our words, and God said, and God said, and God said. I want us to, um, as we, uh, yeah, yeah, as we start to draw tonight to a, a close, I want you just to jump to chapter 8 in the book of Matthew. And chapter 8 is really where we, st- in the book of Matthew, is where we really start to see Jesus' ministry um, in terms, uh, yeah, it's where, where it really starts to, to take off. And it's really interesting the way that it starts. I like the book of Matthew because we look at a whole lot of different situations that just come across Jesus' path that require his authority to bring them into order, and he does it. Um, in, in different ways, but there is a similar thread to the way that he does it. Um, so I'm just going to brush over this. And what I want you to do is when you hear how Jesus exercised his authority, I want you just to yell out, okay? Just just, just go, there it is, okay? There it is. Practice it. One, two, three. Okay. Now, if, if you guys cannot be like every other place that I've done it with and they always miss the first one, there's my challenge for you. Okay. Okay. So, um, Jesus and the man with leprosy. Um, so, Jesus reached out his hand. So, this man comes to me, wants healing from leprosy. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. Thank you. Got it. Awesome. She got it. Yes. Okay. But there, there is a second. There is a second prize. Touched the man, I am willing, he said, be clean. (laughs) You're a little bit slow there, okay? (laughs) There's two ways that he exercised his authority. Debbie caught it. You are the first person ever to catch it. And uh, and he, he reached out his hand and touched. He knew that there was power within him. And when he placed his hand on that person, And then he backed it up by saying, I am willing, be clean. As I said this morning, you're with, oh no, I don't want to go there. There's there's too much in this chapter already. You don't need any any more. Let's just give you this. Um, Okay, the faith of the centurion, we know the story well. 
Um, the centurion comes to him and says, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Um, Jesus said, shall I come to him and heal him? The centurion replied, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed, for I am myself a man under authority. <laughs> Good try. <laughs> With soldiers under me, I tell this one go and he goes, and this one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. What was Jesus blown away by? This guy understood authority. And he understood he didn't need Jesus to come. He just simply needed Jesus to, well, let's not spoil the surprise. When Jesus heard this, he was blown away and said, high fives, man, that is awesome. Well done. <laughs> and then Jesus said to the centurion, we're down on verse 13. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done. There it is. You're right. Go, let it be done. You're so close, mate. <laughs> Go, let it be done just as you believed it would be. He spoke the word. The centurion was like, give me the word. That's all I need. Jesus said, go, let it be done as you desire. Wow. Uh, Jesus heals many. When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand. You guys, you're on to it now. And the fever left her, and she got up and began to wait on them. <laughs> when evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word. <laughs> Oop, there it is. <laughs> and healed all the sick. Let me read that to you again. He drove out the spirits with a word. A word. And they left. Now, we won't worry about the cost of following Jesus. Uh, important, but we're, we're focusing really on Jesus and bringing the kingdom uh, and authority. And, of course, we find ourselves where? We find ourselves in a boat in a storm Verse 26, or just before that, the guys jump up and they're like, Jesus, save us, we are going to drown. That was their word and their declaration. Jesus replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and he rebuked. You guys are good. The wind and the waves, and it was completely calm. He spoke to the storm. I got myself in big trouble in Arnhem Land because I encouraged our team to speak to a cyclone and command it to go to an unpopulated zone. Did it twice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and someone came and they sat in my office and they said, we cannot do that. And I'm like, well, we did and it worked. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel. Awesome. You're a good man. You're a good man. He was saying all good things, mate. He was. Um, 
The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Okay, now the last part is Jesus restores the demon-possessed man, the man at the Gadarenes. Has anyone got uh, one of these old-fashioned Bibles? Uh, that's a red letter version, so it has the words of Jesus in red. Oh, yours has. So the modern digital version has it. Okay, this is such a great example. Okay, Kerry, can you tell us what the one word is that is in red letters? Go. It says go. Go. And repeat it. In red letters, it says go. I love it. It just sits there. It's a whole paragraph, and it's just one word. Yeah. So it's the whole count of the man at the Gadarenes and the pigs. And, you know, it's the only time you see Jesus negotiate with the devil because he knows there's going to be a better deal. <laughs> you know, they're like, oh, can we go, you know, the demons are like, can we go into the pigs? Now, you've got to remember, pigs were unclean animals to the Jews. And Jesus was like, sweet deal. I get rid of the pigs and the demons out of this guy. That's awesome. Bacon and eggs on the breakfast tomorrow morning down on the waterfront. But he simply says. <laughs> that, that came later. That was in the New Testament. <laughs> he simply said, go. So if you're ever, uh, again, I, I like, in this we try to create as memory hooks as many memory hooks for you as possible so you can go back to things. Can I encourage you that whenever you've got sickness in your house or whenever you're, you're wrestling with um, a financial issue or something is Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. And you just go through it and it's just packed there with God, with Jesus speaking to things, all manner of things and then being brought into the dominion of the kingdom. How cool is that? That's the example that, um, that Jesus gives us. And, I, and I, what I find myself doing more and more when I'm praying for people is just trying to actually not lay hands on now. But because I want to push into that next phase. Uh, and so like, when Ruth and I went down south, I mean, we, we, we've, we've led two businesses, two businesses in hospitality, People front-facing. I don't know how many people... I think we employ about 14 people at the moment. Front-facing. We've taken them all the way through uh, this COVID thing and, uh, and not had to close that. We hadn't had to close our doors. Not once did we have to close our doors. Um, and then uh, we headed down for ministry for two and a half weeks and this freaking... Is that all right to say that? I got yeah. told off one day for saying freaking somewhere. Yes, yes. <laughs> Seriously, just, I've been told off by. Yeah, I've been told off for a lot of times. <laughs> just, just for those. M Mitch got his first telling off last Sunday. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. You could probably. <laughs> no. Later. I'm sorry, Mitch. <laughs> uh, you could say annoying virus. <laughs> It was an annoying virus. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay, annoying so, virus. See, yeah, I'm getting told off by Ruth now, okay? Is, you, know, you don't have to worry about it, mate. Okay, this annoying virus right behind it. Um, it just makes it smell. Right. And it, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, let's not give it any. 
annoying little virus. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it wasn't COVID. It was a it, it wasn't. It wasn't COVID. It was just an annoying virus. But we weren't there, and this thing thought that it could go and have a wee field day with our staff, and we had to close our businesses for a few days, which really hurts. Uh, especially when you're down there and you're, you're trying to go and bless people and, you know, the reason we are doing what we do is to go and do that. Yeah. And we're just like, well, we're in the boat, we're going to the other side, we're not deviating from what we're doing here. We, yeah. we looked after our team there by closing the businesses mm. um, and I was just like, this really ticks me off. <laughs> and we were praying and we were declaring and mm. things didn't at this time get better. And, and so I sat there in that uncomfortable place and I went, I'm really annoyed because I know I've got authority over all the enemy's power. Mm-hmm. I know when we are there. And I, and I actually have no doubt that if we were there, we would have kicked that thing's butt. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that out of pride. I'm saying that out of simply knowing what our authority is and, and, and where we've come from. Um, and I was like, okay, I want to grow in being able to speak mm-hmm. into a situation when I'm not there. Just what did Jesus commend the centurion for? Yeah. Knowing that all he needed was the word, not necessarily for, the, for Jesus to come and be there. I'm like, oh, I want to be able to release the power of heaven in a situation where I am not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, anyway, so there you go. There's just a little bit from me in terms of what I'm trying to push into <laughs> um, and look for. Yeah, it's just being being comfortable with where you're at, what you, what you're seeing happen, and what you're not, and going well. I'm growing in God, and I will see more. Yeah, you know, um, a lot of people will talk about our our faith. This is this is the closing point for tonight. Talking about getting more faith or growing in faith. Well, Jesus said, if we've got faith the size of a mustard seed, we'll be able to move a mountain. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, this is a, a, a study I'm doing at the moment. And again, I want to suggest, and I haven't arrived at a, at a conclusion, I think there is, there is actually all the faith that we, we need is actually within us, I suspect. Mm-hmm. And we've got the same spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead. Mm-hmm. Okay? Faith the size of a mustard seed could move a mountain. I actually suspect a lot of the time what we're doing is just pushing back the shutters of unbelief. They want to crowd around that mold, you know, that 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 faith seed. Um, and um, yeah, again, I'm just suggesting that. A great study. It's it's where I'm at at the moment. Um, and so I'm like, okay, how can I push back the shutters of unbelief? Well, mm. I guard the testimony, mm. and I look to refresh the testimony. Um, and so when I'm going and I'm praying for people, I'm drawing on. At the moment, I'm drawing on when uh, I declared over someone's ankle uh, a couple of months back and said, be healed. I said it's going to be stronger than it's ever been. And two other people in the room went, hang on, I will grab that word as well. And both of them were healed in that meeting. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. anyway, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cool story. Uh, it's a cool testimony. I'm just like, wow, so cool. Um, and, uh, and I'm drawing on, you know, when we equipped people down, uh, this was in Wanaka, we equipped people and we did three sessions plus then we had the Sunday night and then we just got them. We got them to pray for people that needed healing and five healings took place. Mm. One, one, the lady, uh, what was it? Was it a back issue, wasn't it? 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It was a back issue. She, that's right. She wasn't. She was like, I don't know if I'm going to even be able to get to church. And she went, No, I'm going to go. And she felt she had a word from God that in the going she would be healed. And so she walked into the church, and then uh, when the prayer time took place, so the healing began because she went, I'm going. Mm. And then the healing was sealed when people laid on and, and agreed with her for that, for that healing. Like, mm. draw on that, you know. Uh, keep that testimony, mm. keep that testimony um, fresh. Um, yeah, so anyway, that's, that's all I really want to say on the faith issue. Um, I suspect there's a new message there that God's actually writing um, at the moment. But anyway, um, again, let's coming back to, let's just recap where, we, where we've come to, okay? Remembering our authority, mm. uh, sorry, our identity. You know, that we are children of the Most High God. The first place we were conceived was in His mind. We are incredibly valuable. We are a masterpiece. You are a masterpiece of God. That is our platform. Um, what is it that saved, achieved? It, it, it was protected, delivered, made whole, healed. That is what we have to take to a hurting and broken world. What is our authority? Well, it's pretty much over all the enemy's power. How do we exercise that authority? Well, we've seen a couple of ways of, number one, we become convinced we have authority. And we do that by reading what the book of truth tells us. And then we speak to things and we lay hands on things and we expect change. And then we live in that uncomfortable place, if we don't, mm. of going, well, next time, next time, yeah. next time. And then we reinforce that with a bank of testimonies. And tomorrow night, we're, gonna, we're really going to go into that, our imagination, driving out fear and, and that bank of testimonies to see his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. And know, too, that when you pray, something does happen, even if you don't see it mm-hmm. as well. Sometimes people don't get, they don't, maybe they get prayed for that night, and then the next morning they wake up completely healed. So just know that things do happen. So don't go pulling out the seed to see why it's not growing. Just, just leave, leave it there and go, thank you, Jesus. We know your power is at work here. And leave it in God's hands because we can get into striving as well and try and make it happen. But as God says that, we plant the seed and it's God that, that makes it grow. So leave it in his hands. I've become more and more um, comfortable with a progressive miracle as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I'm, I get annoyed at the microwave taking 30 seconds. Okay? <laughs> so, yeah. Why can't we soften butter in five seconds, you know? <laughs> okay, I, I like to see things, but actually, and, and where we are as a society and where we are um, in, in the nation at the moment and, and, you know, where we've come from, I'm like, okay, uh, I will take the progressive. I will take the progressive, yeah. but I, I definitely want to see things happening a yeah. lot more quicker. Yeah, and, and, and the reason that I think God is getting me to become more comfortable with the progressive be, is because... Uh, we can, we, and if we're looking for it all to happen there, we can actually mi- miss. Mm. You know, people can think, oh, it didn't happen. We're actually, something has started. And as Ruth says, yeah. I don't want people to then to go out and pull that out and go, oh, well, that didn't work. I want mm-hmm. them to go, no, I'm, I'm still looking for it. I'm still mm-hmm. believing um, for this. Yeah. 
That's cool. Okay, let me finish with a um, story. I like to finish bang on time. Um, and honour your time. I know you've got uh, school and, and work and things tomorrow night. Um, tomorrow morning, sorry. Uh, there was a migrant family and they uh, were immigrating. And uh, so, you know, this is back in the days when you would travel on a ship. Uh, not an aeroplane, um, but back in the days of a ship. And so this family, they had saved and they had saved and they had saved and they were wanting to get out of the smog of the city that they were in. They would heard of this new nation that they could go and they could get some land and they could set up a new life for their family. And finally the day came when the dad came home with the, with the last paycheck that he needed that would give the fear for the whole family to get on the ship and to head to their new land, their new home. And so they, uh, they sold up what they had and, and, and the bag of money that they had and, and they went and they boarded the ship with the tickets that they had purchased. Um, and they had a very humble cabin just right down in the bowels of the, of the ship there. Uh, and, um, and that's where they, they spent uh, the, the several weeks that they were at sea, the um, family had put together the, the cabin bread and enough supplies to be able to take them through and you know so they rationed that out and once once a day they would get up on top deck and they would be able to go for a bit of a walk around the deck and uh, the father used to look into the dining room up there and uh, and think, man, I would love, I'd love to be able to go and, and sit in that dining room. And, and he could see the chefs or, or the cooks preparing the food, and uh, he just thought, oh man, that would be a hot meal, that would be incredible. Uh, and he went back down to his wife one day, and he said, you know, he said, what I want us to do to celebrate coming to our new home is on the last night we're going to go up to the dining room. And we're going to have a meal. And, you know, I, I, I think we should do this. We've, we've got some money. Let's see if we can do this. And so the ship came into the harbour, into the calm. And the next morning they would be hopping off the ship. And so he went up to the dining room and he went to the steward and he said, uh, can, um, can, can you tell me how much it would be for my uh, wife, myself and our two children to come up and to eat here tonight? And the, the steward just looked at him with a, a confused face. And he said, I'm sorry, sir, I, I, I'm not sure what you mean. And he said, I, I want to bring my wife and family up tonight and we want to eat here. How, how much will that cost? And the steward just looked back at him and said, sir, the meals were included with the fear that you paid, the passage that you have already paid. And... This is where I sit. I, I don't want to be that guy that gets to heaven and then goes, oh, seriously, Jesus, you brought all of that? I, seriously, I could have lived in that? Seriously, I could have taken that to a hurting place, a hurting generation? I don't want to be that guy. Um, and I tell that story to encourage you. Um, but also to congratulate you that you guys have come out on a Sunday night and many of you will come out on a Monday night as well because you want to be a people that know the fullness of the ticket that Jesus has brought on your behalf. Um, and so I promise you tomorrow night, you know, I promise you that uh, you come along here and we'll, there'll be more tools um, because I got, I got a lot of confidence in him.
I got a lot of confidence in him. So let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for your word that it is truth, Lord, that it is life. Father, I love that you want to reveal to us the keys to the, you want to give us the keys to the kingdom. And you want to reveal to us the fullness of the ticket that you purchased. Not simply a ticket to spend eternity, though we are so grateful for that. But actually a ticket to bring heaven here on earth now. And to see hurting people set free. To see the hurt in our lives, us delivered from it. Lord, we want to walk in the fullness of our identity. Uh, And so, Father, we thank you for what you have done tonight. We seal the work of the Holy Spirit. We declare to the enemy, you're a defeated foe. And don't think you can come sniffing around right now trying to steal away treasure that has been released. We seal that with the power of Jesus right now. Uh, And I pray, Father, tomorrow for opportunities for people. I pray, Father, where you are the ultimate discipler and you're discipling each one of us. Lord, for each person, wherever they may be on the journey, for the thing that you are looking to develop them in right now. God, I pray tomorrow. I pray tomorrow for situations, for events, for opportunities for each and every person to grow in that area. We pray this in your awesome name and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you.